This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Kyle and I are Happy to welcome Mr. Sean Mulhern and Ryan Matheson from Glovebox app as our guests today. Sean had reached out to me on LinkedIn. I'd actually demoed their product in the past and reached out to me to see if I would be interested in looking at it. And I'm like, you know what? It probably isn't a great fit for what we do at our agency, but I'll give you a better offer. I'll give you access to a few thousand people at one time to hear about it. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap about technology a little bit today and see if this is something that would be a benefit for your agency. So, guys, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. So, listen, um, I'm interested in background, right? So, we'll we'll spend plenty of time talking about Glovebox, but where did you guys come from? How did you get to this point in your career where you've developed this app that you're uh, distributing out to agencies all over the country? Yeah, good question. Uh, kind of a cool story, too. Uh, Ryan and I have actually known each other since elementary school. So uh, oddly enough, we've stayed friends through middle school, high school, uh, bounced to different colleges, but stayed in touch. And uh, right, you know, after college, got some, some little jobs here and there. And, and Ryan uh, and his brother, their dad owned an agency uh, here in Colorado. And it was time for them to come join the family business. So when that happened, uh, they, they were able to pull me over. I was looking for something new uh, and wanted to uh, to join them, uh, jumped into the independent space. And from there, we, uh, we started building that business. Uh, I was producing. Ryan was training. Uh, we did a lot of stuff over five to seven years. But, uh, you know, Ryan could probably share a little bit more about that when, when he gives a little background himself. Yeah. Yeah. So Sean paid me to be his friend in elementary school and, yep. you know, we hung out, at friends. <laughs> you know, the checks. Always, no, I'm joking. Uh, yeah. Pretty much talked Sean into coming into the family business, you know, family owned and operated like most IA start uh, little hole in the wall. When we came on board, it was uh, gosh, almost 10 years ago. I think they had two producers, a couple CSRs at the time, little $5 million book. And uh, over a 10 year span, myself, Sean, my brother, uh, and the Glowbox team uh, helped grow that agency to about $100 million in premium uh, over that nine-and-a-half-year span. So we've sold a lot of insurance, uh, 95% personal lines. And Glowbox was just something that kept coming up. 
in, in our in our dailies of of looking at the nuances between the relationship of an agent, their client, and the carriers, and just seeing the confusion with the consumers. And as as the digital expectation, you know, on the consumer side kept ratcheting up, it kept coming up more and more. And so three years prior to our exit from Colorado Insurance, we started working on uh, building this technology and saying, look, if nobody else is going to do it, we're going to do it. And who better to do it than agents who sell, you know, a lot of business. So that's a lot of personal lines, fellas. Yeah. Um, We're tired. That, <laughs> I, I may get in a coffin filled with snakes before I would be willing oh to God. handle that much personal lines. Business. You, have, you have no idea, man. This guy was doing 120, 130,000 a month in premium, a new business. Like this guy was running Jeez. circles. It's a lot of VIN numbers and addresses to be uh, serious. There's just, there's literally, there's literally no way. I mean, I You'd have to be working like 24 hours a day. I mean, all the back well, and forth. I think it would just be crazy. I got to believe you had automations and stuff in place. I was just going to say, after hearing what you guys do and what you guys preach, you know, for me, it was, okay, this month, how do I, how do I get more leads? You know, cause I need to quote, quote better. You know, how do I quote faster? And it was just this ping pong back and forth. And then I did hit points where you would see those bottlenecks and then you go hunt down that technology that, you know, takes it from a small bottleneck to a big one. And then you just keep finding the the little ones uh, and automating and using technology, which, you know, when you're in insurance as well, if you can do things faster and better than the next guy, um, when there's not that much tech there, you know, it really stood out with my referral partners that, you know, Sean gets this done, he gets it done right and he gets it done fast. Well, I think that's especially the expectation and the personal lines, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's my whole thing, man. I mean, my God, I would have to write the, the average account we go after is two hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand in premium. Yep. So I'm I'm sitting here thinking to myself, <laughs> I, I can't en- I can't engineer enough automation to make it worth my while to do that. I just I don't know how I would ever be able to make that happen. And I mean, we've got some pretty solid stuff in place with HubSpot as far as creating tickets and tasks and, and automating sales service. And marketing stuff, but good, good, good. That's I mean, the, that's, that's that turn the, it and burn it. That was the biggest piece of, of Glovebox is seeing the the service side and just looking at the mass influx of service demands. And you can't handle it fast enough on a consumer side. They do not care that you don't have the technology available and that it, your staff is tied up with other requests. They don't care. They're, well, they're the they see all these commercials. Exactly. They see all these commercials that are like, you know, 15% or more, yeah. you know, 15 no. minutes, to, whatever, whatever their slogan is. I mean, yeah. that, that's what the expectation is. And that's yeah. why it's so hard to, to compete with that as a yeah. smaller agency. At any one time, we had uh, 30 to 35 CSRs staffed up just to handle service demands. And you can imagine our overhead. I mean, we were running yeah. 91% overhead on a $100 million book. So, it's crazy. Yeah, you can you can kind of do the math. Well, you have no choice but to have volume at that point, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. so let me ask you this. Glovebox was born out of your experience as agents, which I think is good because I think some of the best technology for the insurance industry comes from agents who figure out a way to solve a problem that they faced every day. I, I think that there's probably a subset of old school agents out there that can't get out of their own way and open their mind to realize that there are people who have good ideas that are outside of being an agent that just happen to be agents. And so they can put something out there that's going to drive change. 
I, I listen to the crotchety old, you know, this is probably the same guy that's sending out the calendar at Christmas time every year, you know, Postcards. but <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, they gripe because, you know, they think that agents are out looking at ways to do things besides being an agent. When a lot of my friends that have developed technologies and different things are actually driving a ton of change in the industry right now. So I welcome that. I would much rather have a technology that's maybe not a hundred percent perfect right now, knowing that the person who is developing it has walked a mile in my shoes than have one that's allegedly perfect, yet the person who developed it is clueless about what the daily struggles are. Yeah, exactly. If you if you're not in the grind, man, you have no clue about what you're creating. Like, how are you going to eloquently create features that are going to make agents' lives better and make them more money if you've never done it? And so that's really where we come from. And you know, Sean's background of you know he crushed personal lines and then he moved over to commercial and did that too. So. I know David, you're you're huge on the commercial side, and uh, you know you can see the the kinks in the hose there as well. And there's a lot of innovation happening on that side, also. Yeah, there is. So I'm interested as you guys were looking to what what set you off. I mean, obviously, you know, you can say do the experience, the volume, and all of that. But like, what was the tipping point where you just said, you know what, we need to go fix this. We need to find something that we can develop that's going to change the game for everybody. I think it, uh, honestly, it was such a novel idea that, you know, like any good idea, it comes up over beers and, (laughs) you know, and then you get another beer, you know, another week later and and it keeps coming up. And then it was such a simple idea that we kind of in the back of our head, we're like, all right, you know, we know there's certain technologies out there that are similar. They're trying to throw something at this problem. But to your point, you know, it's, it's, tech being thrown at a problem, but they didn't know what the actual problem was because insurance is such a nuanced, it's a nuanced sale and it's very unique. So it just kept coming up and then we weren't seeing any sort of good solution. And it really just got to the tipping point of like, all right, are we going to start doing something on this? Or are we just going to keep talking about it? And then seeing this insure tech movement just starting to get some legs a few years ago, um, you know, was like, all right, cool, let's take the shot. You know, we, we, you know, to what, to Ryan's point, we, we thought we knew the problem incredibly well. We thought we knew exactly how to fix it. And since we've we've produced at a high level, uh, we just built exactly what we would want to produce. And uh, so, yeah, it was really, I think, a combo of the fact that nothing was out there and nothing was on the horizon. We had tried other technologies. And, you know, I, I would say we're ambitious. We, we definitely, when we see a big problem, you know, no matter what that is, it's, it's something that we always want to go after and, and jump into. So for all the agents that are out there listening right now that this would be a great fit for, tell them the three problems, the three biggest things you wanted to solve by developing the app that made your life ultimately easier as an agent. Well, I would say the number one thing is why why are we perpetuating technology that really doesn't solve the issue of most of the clients servicing it has to go direct to the carrier at the end of the day. When you're going to pay a bill direct, you got to pay it to the carrier. When you're going to submit a claim on the personal line side, it's going direct to the carrier. And so why are we creating technologies where the client still has to request that from their agent and their agent has to now get involved to make that payment direct with the carrier? Why are we doing that? Why are we cutting out that process and saying, look, let your clients handle it directly with the carrier. You don't need to handhold your client while they put in payment info and pay a bill. That's not something that needs to be handheld. So that was the number one thing is why are we creating more work for our agencies by pushing out technology that just 
you know, perpetuates the frustration. And so we said, hey, we're going to cut out that middleman of saying, look, we don't want those requests coming to the agent. Let your client handle it, but let them do it within your experience. Let them engage with your experience and let this be an extension of your agency, but rely that they they can handle it on their own. They don't need a handle. So that was that was the biggest piece for us is really looking at what clients can truly handle on their own without needing an agent, um, which is the bulk of the service work on personal lines. They don't need help with that stuff. Let the agent come in, you know, when it's important in the process. I would say um, the second thing is is uh, making you referable. Like if you think about agents, they, they think they're referable, but they're not. How is your client going to be sitting with his buddy at beers and your buddy's complaining about his ratios went up with his State Farm agent? How, how's he going to refer you out? What's he going to sit there and scroll through emails, try to find you on Google, remember the agency name? Wouldn't it be nice if you could just click a button, say, hey, man, call my agent. They're awesome. Here you go. Like we've never made ourselves referable in the independent channel. And so making it super simple to be able to refer out your agent, whether it be on social media or a direct one-to-one conversation is huge. So So I'm interested in that. Before you go into number three, drill down on that a little bit. So from from my standpoint, you know, obviously I've seen your video demo, but it doesn't really take you to that next level. I did notice that there was a button inside the app that said, you know, refer or what or whatever else, but Talk about what that process looks like and how that's a game changer for the people that have the app. Yeah, so we've made it as simple as possible to to make that happen. All you have to do is click the refer my agent button. It's going to populate a text message or an email, depending on how you want to send it. You throw in a name and hit send. And now what it did is it just sent your specific app to your friend or family that you're referring it out to. Now they can come in, they can create an account, they can request a quote, they can click to call, click to email, click to text and really engage with that agent prior to getting quotes. And the beautiful thing about that is while that agent is now quoting that business, that client already has the app that they're going to use to manage their policies. Mm-hmm. So now they're already in your they're already in your environment, they're already engaged with your brand. So yeah, I think that's interesting and it's also um, I would imagine helps overcome the issues of adoption to a certain degree. I think that one of the biggest problems that any mobile app has is adoption rate, right? You know, we have to educate, we have to do all kinds of things. One of the things that we've done at our agency um, to have people anytime we want to introduce a piece of technology to them is we've gamified it, right? So um, if you say, let's just say that we had Glovebox, one of the ways that I would um, reward people would be for that referral. They would get X number of points for referring or X number of points for downloading and then an additional number of points for actually, you know, adding their policies to the app so that they can make the payments and do the things that need to be done that way. Uh, we we also, um, you know, ask them to tag us or use certain hashtags if they're wearing Florida Risk Partners branded gear or whatever else. And then they can take those points. We've branded a partner points and redeem those for gift cards to Chick-fil-A, Starbucks, whatever else. With the caveat being that you don't even have to be a client to participate in our partner points program, right? Because that could be construed possibly as rebating. So I don't care if you're my client or not, and you want to come by my office and say, look, I'm going to pimp out a Florida wrist t-shirt and a hat, and let me have one of those swoovy tumblers that you have. Okay, great. We'll do that. And you tag us. And when you have redeemable points, let us know and or we'll let you know and send, ask you what gift card you want and send it to you in the mail. And it's a way to make your brand um, expand without really 
a lot of effort on your own part. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. And and to your point, David, uh, you know, getting clients to adopt your technology is a huge hurdle because A, the, the technology has really never been available in our space and B, agents and CSRs do not do a good job of referring it out. So I think Sean runs our automation and he can kind of, kind of talk about how we've overcome that. Yeah, it's actually one of the, the things I get most excited about because what Ryan said is one of the problems in the space anyway is that with the independent channel, you write someone with, you know, insert carry name, Progressive, Safeco, Travelers, you're not going to want to send that client to the Travelers app, the, Pro- the Progressive app, because now you're you're becoming a ghost. You know, your brand is not in exactly. front It's Progressive. You're not controlling it anymore. And then two or three years later, you're moving them anyway. So any of the other, you know, apps that are out there from the carriers or even from, you know, agency management systems, they're not really doing a good job of putting that brand front and center. So, um, so one, we want to encourage people with a, a nice interface to want to promote the app, but we also realize that agents are worried about selling business and and that's it. If they're trying to manage their technology, get people to onboard, a lot of times it's like, you know, I got the deal in the house, you know, let's on to the next. So we've basically taken the onboarding process off of our agency's plates. So when we onboard an agency, you know, obviously we're collecting all the details we need to get their app built. Uh, customizing it directly to them. What socials do they want? How do they want to be referred out? How do they want to receive the quotes and service requests? Um, Those items. But during that, we're going to be grabbing and collecting client list information from them. And then we do the rollout on their behalf. Totally branded to them, their name, their agency, talking about that agency's app. We're trying to keep Glovebox out of it as much as possible. The very first links that the agent, uh, that the contact is actually going to see is going to take them directly to a branded page of their agency. Um, built for their agency. So that brand is front and center right from the get-go, uh, which really makes it easier for the client to go, oh yeah, this is my agency. Oh, yes, I did just get my policy with them. That one does look familiar. Uh, so we make it very, very seamless. Um, it's non-invasive. It's a very slow rollout, a trickle rollout. Um, again, to limit any chance that their client base is going to reach back out and say, you know, hey, who is this? You know, what's going on here? Um, and what we've been seeing is is actually really uh, a lot more than we were projecting at the beginning. We're, we're getting agencies typically after about six weeks, upwards of 30 to 40% of their client base adopting uh, the Glovebox technology forum, which is 30 for, to 40% of their client base having the opportunity to refer them out, do those service requests, get those quotes. And we only see that going up as the agency starts to promote it more, as their CSRs start to bring it up, you know, in conversation, as they take some, you know, some additional steps because it is a new technology for them. You know, so we only see that going up over the years. Yeah, so I've got another question, but I want you to talk about number three before I ask it. What was the what was the third pain point? The third pain point that we're and it's really our long term roadmap. And I'll kind of give you a, a sneak peek into really what we're trying to accomplish with Glovebox. The biggest pain point from being an agency owner is you're solely reliant on what your agents quote. So think about a normal agent, right? They quote home an auto, maybe an umbrella. They don't usually add a lot of bells and whistles. They don't even offer it because they're trying to win on price, right? 90% of sales and personalized is driven by price, which is sad because we're not offering our clients coverages that they may want and they may purchase. What we look at Glovebox being down the road is a digital incubation for clients. So think about incubating your clients digitally post-bind, where let's take pet insurance, for instance. Pet insurance will never be sold well by agents. They're not going to pivot. It's just not a product that they're used to selling. And again, it's very tough to educate your agents to do so. 
we can allow carriers to be able to digitally market to their own mutual policyholders in the agent's app, something like pet insurance, where the client can easily fill out three or four questions, get a bindable rate, click uh, purchase, and they can actually buy that coverage right in their agent's app. Now their agent is making their full commission just as if they wrote it uh, and the client got the coverage that they need. But think about the hundreds of coverages that that could work for. OEM coverage on an auto policy, sewer line repair on your home policy, appliance repair. There's hundreds and hundreds of coverages that aren't offered that we could easily offer digitally with the data that we're collecting. And so that's a little uh, you know sneak peek into our roadmap where Glovebox will be an actual revenue driver and not an expense for an agency. Yeah, I mean, I think from a sales perspective, that's a good way to position yourself too because once you have proof of concept and some data to support that, you can show people that the agencies that have adopted your app and subsequently gotten their user base to adopt the app aren't even paying out of pocket. The, the app is actually using money they otherwise wouldn't have earned to pay for itself. It only takes our objections down to nothing. <laughs> it's, more, it's more lines of business. It's more coverages makes for the it client. It's better retention. It's, you know, it's a win. Yeah, I don't, you know, I obviously study tech inside the insurance industry. I don't know of anybody else who has that capability right now based on the stuff that I've read. And that's everything that we're doing going directly to the carrier, not relying on downloaded data and creating these relationships with our carrier partners in order to bring this to fruition. And so that's why we're the only ones that are creating our product directly with the carriers. So, so speaking of those carriers, is that pretty much open? Like are are there unlimited in, in terms of the carriers that are involved in this or what's that look like? Yeah, we've, it's a good question. So we've created an interface that allows engagement with any carrier um, we're obviously working with many of our partner carriers to make it uh, more seamless. So the user will notice a more seamless experience with our connected carriers as opposed to our not connected. One big thing that we're working on and uh, one of our main carriers will be piloting this third quarter uh, is going to be billing. So we're going to be able to present to the user their current billing status, allow them to make a payment right in app or uh, switch payment info right in app without needing a separate login. And we're also going to be able to push notify that user when their bill becomes due or past due on behalf of the agency. So think about how many, how many non-pay cancellations that agency now doesn't have to follow up on because our app is doing it for them. And so that's, that's one of the biggest things that we're focused on with our connected carriers. So one question that I would have is from a servicing standpoint, um, say I need to add a vehicle, delete a vehicle, any of that stuff. What what does that process look like inside the app? You want to talk about that? I'll let you t- text more. Yeah, so um, that's a great question. So we've got an embedded customer service capture in the app that's white labeled to the agency or the agent. It's got over 260 intelligent flows for the client to be able to go down a, a process of requesting that from their agents. Uh, obviously, what we call second tier service requests like that are still going back to the agency. Um, and so they're able to fill out the embedded customer service capture. They can click to call, they can click to email, they can click to text. So a lot of different ways that they can engage with their agency. And then we also have this interesting thing with service centers, right? Because carriers are wanting to leverage their personal line service centers better. And agencies that are leveraging them hate the fact that it's so confusing for their client. Like, hey, do I call your agency? Do I call the carrier? I switch carriers. Are you still with the service center? Or are you not? 
we see Glovebox as a very good opportunity to be able to uh, guide those service requests based on that agency setup with service centers. So for instance, if they're set up with a service center with Safego and their client has Safego, we can direct those service requests right to Safego so that the client is not calling the agency and then being directed. So a lot of different uh, aspects of those second tier customer service requests that we have uh, working on. So part of your job is to develop the app. The other part of it is to sell it and market it and get it into agencies so that they can see the value. I'm in the mindset of asking for three examples of everything. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what the three biggest obstacles you guys have are with regard to getting agents to buy into it um, and ultimately purchase and use the product. That's a good question, man. Three. I don't think we have three. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have one. I, the one, the one that I see, I mean, I, I, I know one that I would have as an objection and I'll happily share it, but go ahead, Kyle. Yeah. I was going to say that, um, I, I would think that a lot of agents would feel like they're kind of being like, what's the need for them anymore. If, if they're, you know, going and just kind of doing everything themselves. I know you kind of combat that with the co-branding so that they're not completely forgotten, but that would be my, my take on it. I, don't know I would have think. to believe that the number one issue that you guys have to deal with more than anything else. And this is, I know this because I have a few apps that I've developed over the course of my life is the fact that you can't brand the thumbnail for the app for every single individual agency that's out there. So for the client to go and get the app it, and, and find it on their phone, it's always going to be glove box. They're not going to know that it's that agency's app until, or they're going to know if the agency does a job of educating them, but until they actually hit the app, open it up and see that landing page with all of the branding. I, I think that you probably have a lot of agents out there who use that as a reason not to push forward because they don't like that. I, I, it's kind of where I was going with it, but you articulated that much better than I did. Yeah. So how 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 far off base am I with that? Yeah, it's it's an education piece. So iOS about six months ago kind of removed the uh, ability to be able to do that if your app is robust enough and if you're making enough updates. So for instance, a competitor of ours who is a back end portal of an agency management system does this, but it's because they only update their client's app every eighteen months. And they do a very low update. Uh, we update our app weekly. And so it's just not feasible to update an app that is uh, so advanced uh, by doing it that way. iOS has made it nearly impossible to do that. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, that was one thing we thought actually a lot about is, is where does our brand fit in, you know, with with the agencies? And, and that's actually one of the reasons we've taken our rollout. Uh, the strategy we've, we've, we've run with it. And so we're delivering this to people. Um, again, there's a little bit of reliance on the agency to be sharing it, to have the details in, in their email signatures, their, you know, their page and, and be bringing it up as a sales tool. Um, but during our onboarding of those clients, you know, it is an onboarding when that new policy comes to help them uh, get going. And what we're finding is that most people are not going to go to uh, the app store, for example, and type in insurance and search for for apps in general. Anyway, it doesn't it doesn't come up a ton. You know, if you look at reviews and downloads, um, it's not a lot. You know, obviously the the direct um, like Geico um, USA that one makes a lot more sense. It's a one to one relationship, um, but for independents, you're not seeing that much anyway. So what why we're seeing such good adoption right now, and why we're getting you know a high percentage of the the contacts of an agency to download is because we're delivering it to them 
and we're actually not going through the app store directly um, right away. We're presenting that that initial page, the initial setup where we can brand the agency and then we deliver the app right after so that there is a little bit more continuity of the brand uh, presenting the agency first, um, keeping that front and center uh, and then slowly introducing a little bit of the glove box so that they can see it when they go download that app. Um, and then Kyle, actually, to your point, I mean, that was a big one um, in the beginning. I think I think that's actually shifting quite a bit uh, with COVID uh, and this quarantined lifestyle we all find ourselves in is that people realize I need to meet my clients where they're at, you know, and they're looking for something right now and they don't have the time to do the, again, the tier one kind of, where's my ID card? You know, I'm at the DMV, you know, those little requests. And right now, Glovebox is not designed to do the, hey, I want to talk to you about an umbrella policy. That's still going to be that conversation. So we're we're positioning that more on, you know, take the tier one service requests off that anyone can really do and that your client wants to do by themselves. The ones that mm-hmm. are still going to call you and email you, that's that's just going to happen. But now we're going to free up some amount of your time to do one of two things, either go get and sell more business or talk to those clients that want to have the actual conversation um, that is going to be a little bit higher level. So I like the name. I'm interested in the story behind it. Oh, that's I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make the, yeah, I'm going to make the assumption that it's kind of like the digital version of the glove box kit that we all give people, you know, when they come on board with their ID cards and stuff, but I've got a good story for you. So it's great. Uh, so we stuck on this name glove box. We were thinking of other names. All of them sucked. <laughs> I really like it's glove box. That has to be the name. Yeah. So our attorneys did a, a trademark search. Uh, a gentleman out of Louisiana owns the trademark. Uh, doing a little more research, uh, Geico tried to use it about 12 years ago, 10, maybe 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Put out a bunch of marketing, uh, created you know the Glovebox app, uh, and this gentleman uh, went after him and and won uh, because he owns the trademark. So I uh, I befriended him on LinkedIn. Started talking to him, um, and long story short, we got the license to use the name in perpetuation in the U.S. So we essentially got the name that Geico couldn't get. That's awesome, man. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. So aside from where you plan on going to make this a potential revenue stream for an agency, what other developments do you see you maybe adding over time that aren't that where they need to be right now? I mean, the, the, the cool part about what you do is every day you think of something different that you could have already done that you haven't. So, I mean, I don't mean to ask that question in a way to where people think, oh, well, these guys aren't done building their app. Find me somebody who's done building their app and I'm going to call you a liar. Yeah, right? we have long- it's got to change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You should see our roadmap. Like- we keep adding pages to our roadmap every day. It's like and trying to prioritize the good news is, is we uh, we just agreed in principle to bring our development team in house, which is really a nice win for us. They've built our our database and our uh, platform from from scratch, uh, so getting them in house is a huge win. It's going to allow us to to spin up products and features a lot faster. I would say the biggest thing that we're focused on currently is engagement. Right, we want engagement from the users and the agency's app. How do we achieve that? You know daily, weekly, monthly, how do we get those clients to come back into the agency's app more often? One of the things that we're circling around is home security and home telematics. So think about it. If you've got home security uh, and there's definitely a correlation between that and your home insurance and you're going into your home security app every day to set your alarm, 
there's an opportunity there to integrate a home security uh, company digitally into Glovebox, allow users to be able to adopt that home security and telematics right in the agency's app. And now the agency is making an additional revenue stream off of that opportunity. And now you've got your clients engaging with your app quite a bit more. Not only that, it makes it very tough to leave. Think about a client that has home auto umbrella, maybe a life policy, and they have their home security in your app. That's a pain in the ass to leave <laughs> your agency. And so you really got them at that point. Uh, and so we kind of find that as an interesting uh, opportunity to uh, increase engagement. You know, another another thing on the roadmap that we've known about for a while, but again, tip of the spear was this rollout, the the client facing app is is really you know, the dashboard to the agencies themselves, you know, that in itself is going to be a product when you log in, you know, you have your back end portal. Um, that is is definitely close on the horizon for us to be able to display, you know, a lot of useful data to the agencies. Uh, one, you know, we're going to have a lot of that data of what people are doing in the app, where the requests are coming from. Um, we're going to be able to take um, demographics of, you know, this is the, this kind of, this segment of your book is more likely to shop right now. Um, this renewal is coming up. We're going to be able to show a lot more data because, again, we're connecting to the carrier and not the AMS system. So the data we'll be grabbing, we're going to be able to grab certain things before the download even hits. So making our dashboard to our agencies um, into its own product, in, in in a sense, is going to be really one of those things that's you know pretty yeah. close on our horizon that we're excited about too. One to one live chat, push notifications to your clients. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that you're going to be able to do through that that dashboard. <laughs> That's kind of what I was going to ask is if it was something that was going to integrate with the CRM or, you know, what that, what that kind of looked like. But I think the data piece is huge. I mean, to be able to take the analytics and like you said, figure out when somebody may be more likely to shop, yeah. uh, I, I think could definitely have a positive impact on the, on the business that's coming in. Yeah. Think about if we know from day one directly from the carrier, if a client's rates went up by more than 15%. And we can ping that back to the agency system. They can automate a process to reach out to that client, whether it be leveraging our system for push notifications, using text, using email, and heading that off prior to the client even seeing anything. And so now you can set an appointment uh, with that client to uh, to incubate that business and make sure they're going to renew. Or if a reshop is is on the table, that as well. So. Yeah. So what about integration with agency management systems? Is that something that you guys do now that you see as necessary with the app or any of that? I just, we haven't talked about it. So I'm interested in your thoughts there. Yeah, it's a good question. And it's definitely an evolution for us. We're trying to decide what is important to go back into the agency management system and what may not be that important. Like CSRs are very trained, right? They want to document everything, but it's kind of training them in a way of saying really, is that piece of uh, information on what a client just did, maybe pulling an ID card, is that helpful for your agency? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, in our opinion, probably not. Um, now, there are other checkpoints that we'd like to achieve with the agency management system, one being pushing policy documents back in. So think about when a client imports their policy documents from a carrier that we represent into their glove box we would also have the ability to be able to push those documents directly into that agency's agency management system. So now that client does call in a request service that CSR doesn't have to then go out to the carriers to see what they're looking at. It's stored right in their agency management system. So that's one of the pieces that we're circling around, but we really, really haven't decided what we want to do with the agency management systems with regards to uh, pushing data back in. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, 
agency management systems, by and large, leave a lot to be desired to begin with. You know, I've been on record multiple times telling people we run the agency off a of HubSpot. Yep. You know, we we use our agency management system unless it's excess and surplus lines and requires us to put something in to generate an accord form. Yep. We're, we're waiting for the download before we ever even do that data entry because our experience shows that unless you have everything exactly the way that it's going to get fed from that each individual carrier, it's going to wipe out your information or modify it anyhow. And you're doing not double work in many cases, sometimes triple or quadruple the work. So yeah. as long as we can get the end, we, number one, look, my fundamental theory on anything regarding Um, the agency world is agencies are running their businesses wrong by and large. I think that the average agency out there, you know, they're running their business like an insurance agency. My theory is you're not an agency until you've actually sold a policy and you have to do some level of administration until then you should be running your business like a sales organization. Exactly. And if you, if you go to a fortune 500 company, and you find a high-performing sales team from a Fortune 500 company, there's a 100% chance they're not using an agency management system to power their sales efforts. Right. So why are are we as an industry? You know, and there's a lot of pushback from old-school agencies that don't understand the CRM. They don't understand the expense associated with it. They don't want to buy, you know, pay that money. That's one of the best bills I pay every month because I know for what I'm spending, I'm getting at least four bodies worth of work from something that's more accurate than a human is going to be. And it makes the humans that we have much more productive in the grand scheme of things. And I mean, that's that's pretty much a summary of what any technology should do. But again, if you were to poll... 100 agency owners from across the country, I'm going to bet you 75% of them don't even use a CRM. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, that's probably more, to be honest with you, from who we talk to. And I I think you hit the nail on the head. Why are we we kidding ourselves with busy work, right? Especially on the service side. Why are we reverting back to or, or staying, you know, digging our heels in with these old school ways of servicing business? when it doesn't provide us any valuable data and it's taking valuable manpower away from what we could be doing, which is selling more business. And that's really what we're looking to accomplish. I don't understand why when you go to an agency management system, and I'm sure not all of them are this way, but all of the ones that I've had experience using are, you're literally going around the block to get next door. Like instead of taking a right and knocking on your neighbor's door, you're going left and going all the way around the block before you get there. (laughs) I, why isn't it a fillable web form? And they're so and then, clunky, man. They're, yeah, they're, it's, it's like, like you gotta do 50, yeah. you have to do fifteen steps just to get a client entered. But yeah. the how are we so used to using it that it's like, and we cannot let these practices dictate how we're going to move forward. Because at the end of the day, yes, it may be uncomfortable to say, "Hey, my book is starting to generate a lot of millennial clients who, by by the way, are the largest segment of home buyers in the U.S. have been for the past five years." We have to look at our our demographic of our book and look at it as an opportunity to say, "Hey, if we can digitally offer these processes to a portion of our book, not only does it satisfy those clients, but it also frees up our CSR's time." to handhold the clients who do need more attention, who do like to call the agency to Kyle's point, you know, they don't want to be cut out of the process. And so it's really something to fulfill both sides of your book. 
Yeah, I've gone on record and said this multiple times. I'm going to say it again, and it's probably not the last time that I'm going to say it. But agencies are, yeah, agencies are lost. They're lost in who they're competing against. They think they're competing against other agencies that are in their town, or you know, even against you know Geico or Progressive or whatever else. The fact of the matter is, they're not. They're competing against big data, Amazon, Google, all of these Uber. Uber Technologies is one of the biggest big data repositories in the world. They don't make their money off fares. <laughs> no, not at all. And so, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. I, you know, we're not that far removed from a time when you log into your Amazon account to order whatever it is you're going to order, and you have an exit intent pop up that comes up and says, "Hey, before you go, I just wanted to let you know we've used the information we know about you and your household, and we've projected what homeowners and auto rates would look like for you. Click here, and with a couple of clicks, we can give you firm numbers. Yep. And by the way, we'll just add it to your Amazon subscribe and save bill every month, yep. so you don't have another bill you have to worry about paying or whatever else. But you know, people need to get it through their head that technology is the only thing that is going to allow the independent agent to remain relevant yeah. going forward. And I think there's so many independent agents that are afraid of technology that think that that technology, to Kyle's point that he made earlier, is going to replace them or make them irrelevant, that they're in a stalemate. Yeah. They're not adopting the very thing that's going to save them because they're afraid that's what's going to make them irrelevant. Yeah. And guess what? They're going to be irrelevant. And I will tell you, damn millennials, they're the worst. Oh, go ahead, Cal. No, I I just said millennials are the worst. Uh, Well, I mean, listen. Here's the here's the thing, man. When COVID hit, natural selection for the agency world started. If you have already adopted technology and you have things in place, it's a much easier pivot than trying to figure out, you know, even something as simple as signing up for a Zoom account. Look at all the people that didn't that were not able to get webcams because they didn't already have them and there was a massive run on webcams in Amazon, right? We've been doing video proposals to our clients for 2-3 years now. You know, we leverage webinars, we leverage Zoom meetings and things not because we're lazy, not because that's the the quickest path to resistance, it's because as agents and salespeople no matter what your industry is, you have to realize one main thing. That is that your client or your prospect wants to receive information where they want to receive it, yep. when they want to receive it, not when you think is going to yep. be the best. And so for a guy like me that's used to putting on a suit and tie and going into a conference room and shaking a hand and thanking somebody for their business after the meetings is all of a sudden binding policies at two o'clock in the morning via video proposal, because you do have that millennial or the next generation that's coming through. And that's the one time that it doesn't intrude on their day. And it's very convenient for them to watch and listen to what you have to say, then click a button to say, I want to proceed. I'll take that all day, every day. It's the end I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head. When are we as agents going to stop dictating how our clients want to, uh, you know, engage with us? Like, stop trying to tell your clients how they should engage with you. Accept the fact that everybody's going to be different, and we need to cater to the masses. Uh, and really look at the demographics of your book. Don't kid yourself and say, "Oh no, my clients want to call me for everything. They love to talk to me." It's like, you, you know, calling your insurance agent for most people is right on the list after mowing the lawn. Like it's, you know, it's not something that you're looking forward to. It's, it's Yeah, mowing the lawn backwards and blindfolded. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, uh, there's there's not been a lot of technology at all in insurance. So anything new 
can seem a little off, you know? So one thing that, that I think is kind of nice is it's insurance. It's not like we're needing to build in this space, the new Facebook, you know, just a little bit of technology goes a long way, just a tiny bit, you know, using loom or zoom to do a proposal. Or I remember, you know, it was probably eight years ago. Now I started asking clients when I was taking an application, Hey, do you prefer text or email? And the overwhelming majority started going, oh, man, hit me with the text. You know, or if I called someone, they didn't answer. I text them, hey, you know, I thought text might be easier. And they go, oh, it really is. I can actually do some stuff here. You know, Dude, most of the clients or prospects that I touch base with, they'll ask me when I'm on the phone with them, is this, you know, is this your cell phone? Can I text you at this number? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. If well, that's I mean, the thing you, is, we, we, have a, we have a plug-in for HubSpot called Sakari where it's our texting platform. So we can text direct back and forth from inside of HubSpot. So barring the fact that I had to get out of my swimming pool to actually do the quotes with auto owners, a couple of months back, I posted on social, I just closed an account, you know, not not what I really want to go right, but it was a $60,000 account that was completely done over text messages. I had to go and quote it. But I mean, the thing that's nice is there are technologies out there specifically to, you know, probably more so um, for personal lines and small commercial, uh, like Neoteric Agent, where you can go to a website that's got a website and then the differentiator for people to see their video proposals, they just simply log in with their email on that same domain. So now you can automate that process so that when you move it over to ready to propose inside a HubSpot, boom, yep. email template goes out that has the wording and says, go to this domain, use your email to log in. Same thing happens on text message. And Look, we all know what the stats are. You guys know way more than I do because you're in the app business, but the phone is is where it's at. I mean, if you can't figure out a way to do business on on smartphones, I guess tablets to a certain degree, but primarily smartphones, you got problems. I mean, we're even (laughs) we're even seeing this, we're even seeing this in the training end of things, right? I've got a large plumbing contractor that I work with, and it's funny because my guys at Zywave will say when we get on the phone, well, tell us what you're doing so we know what we're going to be doing in another year or two because I'm always ahead of what what they have ready to go because I just turn and burn, right? So we had a problem. We had a plumbing company. Plumbing company doesn't want to give you access to all of their people at one time for a 30-minute driving training. So I went into Zywave's product. I downloaded their training for defensive driving. I downloaded their training for distracted driving, had the PowerPoints, did a Loom video where I'm voiceovering, talking, going through it, blah, blah, blah. Took it, uploaded it into the payroll system for the client so that it's an onboarding task. It can also flag for retraining. And now when one of their plumbers or HVAC techs gets to a job early and they have 15 minutes, exactly. they can do their training while they're sitting there on the clock yep. getting paid, but and then it gets flagged and, and it's done. I mean, think about like people are glued to their phones. Like it's always in your pocket or in your purse or whatever. I mean, how many times throughout the day do you sit there, you pull out your phone and you're watching a video? Like a hundred. I get notifications on my phone all the time or like on a weekly basis to tell me what my screen time was, if it was up or down for that week. Um, And and I mean, it's, it's totally true. Like if you're not able to access your client base through their phone, that's the way everything's going. And think about what you did there, David. Not only did you satisfy the need for a client, right? You also made it very difficult for another agent to come in and try to take the business. Because look at what you've done. You've implanted yourself in their business. And again, 
the more you can offer these, you know, creative ways, creative solutions for your clients, somebody else could call in with a better rate and they're going to tell them to pound sand because it's like, look, my guy right. is embedded. Like, even if I want well, and, and, couldn't. <laughs> yeah, and you can even take it another level. I could go to a carrier and before I do that, I can go print the records out from the payroll interface that show all of the people that have been through all of the auto training so that when I create my submission and say, we have telematics that we monitor hard cornering, hard breaking, speed, and all of those things. We have real MVR, real-time MVR monitoring. So if somebody go gets pegged with a DUI on a Friday night, we have an email Monday morning when we walk in letting us know that we have a problem with somebody that's on our roster of drivers. Now I can say we have these training programs, which every agent pencil whips that and says that they have the training program, but we have the actual data to prove that we're running these people through this every six months. And so as a result, the performance on the loss side is much better and we have something to back that up. So we, we do end up negotiating the best overall yep. deal yep. in many cases. Yep. And, but, but you're right. All of it is what can you do to keep, you know, what's the, what's the glue that's going to hold the relationship together. Yeah. And, and how it's tech is where it's at, man. It's stuff system. like love box. Like do you mentioned, by the way, we can embed your HubSpot text message number into your app. And now your clients can text message you directly through right into HubSpot. But Think about your clients that are currently, they have Glovebox and they go to an agency that doesn't. That's a selling feature. Like, oh, I've been engaging in my, my agent's app. You don't have one? Eh. You know, that's kind of a pain. Like, I like hitting my, my agent up through their app. You know, it's easy. It's easy for me. But I will say this. Agents are looking for the incumbent carriers to step up yeah. and to not just look at in, InsureTech from their point of view of better underwriting, you know, uh, better claims processes on their end. They're looking for the incumbent carriers to provide solutions that make the agent's life easier and the agent's life better. And so we feel like with Glovebox, we're throwing the, the incumbent carriers a lifeline to say, look, this is where it's going to go. This is what agents want. They want clients engaging with their brand. They're the front and center. They're the purchase point. They're the ones that are engaging with the clients. And so I think they're really looking at the incumbent carriers to step up and say, hey, what are you going to do to help us, you know, with this digital transformation? So here's a question that I have for you. And this is me thinking more like an entrepreneur at this point than anything else. But I noticed over the last little bit when Snapshot first came out with Progressive, it was plug in. Then it moved to a mobile app. You know, I could also see an application for what you guys are doing on the underwriting side, where if you've got a Progressive client or you've got a nationwide client or whatever else, if there's a way to use the telematics on the inside of the phone to record the same information that's being recorded by a progressive or a nationwide or Safeco or whoever, they all have them now, you know, now you could take that information, whether the agent actually sees it or it's embedded somewhere, but you could use that as part of a submission process to ultimately get better rates or not. I mean, if they drive like crap, but you know, at the end of the day, I think that that's another application from a data gathering standpoint, you guys could use. And it's, it's step one, right? The carriers need to uh, let us embed their telematics experience within the agent's app. That's step one, because they have made it very, very tedious and difficult for clients to engage with telematics. They have to get the main app and then they have to go download a separate app just to manage their telematics. And most clients aren't going to do it. The agent doesn't have time to follow up. 
And so step one, we have to make it easier for the client to engage with it. And that's not too difficult. We just have to get the access in order to do so. And then you're exactly right. Once we have them engaging with the agent's app, they've got the telematics embedded, they're able to manage it, they like it. It's easy to pivot between carriers uh, and it's easy to maintain that data in order to get a better profile on that client. So we're getting close to an hour and I want to be respectful of your time, but I do have one more question and I don't know if Kyle has anything else or not, but um, we've talked a lot about the app and how it interacts with, with auto talk a little bit about capabilities for other personal lines products and things that are happening now or things that you see coming down the road from a homeowner's perspective or um, whatever else they may have. Yeah. So right now we're uh, full PNC personal lines so they can get their home auto umbrella toys. Uh, we will have life and health available here in the next 90 days. And then we're launching our commercial pilot Q uh, late Q4. So mid December, uh, we have five carriers that we're circling in on to launch our commercial pilot. Um, that's going to grow into a whole space that we see on the benefits side as well. We see an opportunity to provide a solution for agents on the benefits side. Think about if you can walk into a company that you're providing benefits for and offer them a white labeled app for their employees to engage with the insurance of that company. Call it Toyota, right? You're doing the employee benefits for Toyota. Imagine if you could white label a glove box to Toyota and now their, their uh, employees are, are using the Toyota insurance app to, to engage with their, their benefits. And so that's kind of our – Well, and then take it, take it a step further, man. You can even have another integration where the employees are all issued wearables. So you're capturing their healthy lifestyle or lack thereof and importing it into the benefits. Absolutely. I mean, dude, I could give you guys yeah. a million ideas all day that I have no ability to execute. But think, about, think about the agent offering that to their client. Now that client's not going anywhere. They're like, well, my agent's got right. a white label app. Like, what are you going to do? So we're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of stuff. I mean, just it's, going with that idea, we're seeing a lot of stuff with wearables, not only in the larger health plans, like for example, Hillsborough County is the county Tampa's in. They have a self-insured program for all of their teachers. All of their teachers are issued a Fitbit or whatever, and they're given milestones that they need to hit with rewards points, and then they can cash those points in for things. And they've completely gamified it, right? But take it another step further. We're also seeing wearables make it into the marketplace for workers' comp to monitor the things that are going on with people from an exhaustion standpoint, uh, to make sure that they're not at risk of having some sort of an injury as a result of their 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 pulse or their breathing rate or or whatever else. I think that there's probably going to be some HR obstacles that that surround that, but it's there and it's only a matter of time until that becomes commonplace. On the on the homeowner stuff, do you guys have the ability now or do you foresee the ability? I know one of the selling points of another app that's out there is that you can upload a home inventory that automatically integrates with the agency management system by taking pictures or video or whatever else. That doesn't necessarily seem to me to be something overly complicated to add if you don't have it now. Um, is that is that something that you guys see happening down the road? Yeah, I would say from our experience of selling so, many, so much personalized business, the amount of clients that are actually going to do that is very low. You may- where did you guys where did you guys sell personal lines business? Uh, Ten states across the western half of the U.S. So uh, pretty much Oklahoma West. We're ground zero for hurricanes, so yeah. we it's probably a little little different. A little different. 
experience here. But, yeah. you know, I mean, I think there's a lot happening, too, even in Colorado with the way that the hail claims are starting to play out. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've got guys that I've talked to that have several hundred properties in a real estate investment portfolio that are freaked out about taking a large deductible on their plan just because of the hail claims right. that happen in Colorado and they don't want to be on the hook for 2,500 bucks a roof. So with, with some of that stuff, uh, you know, I think what Ryan is saying too, is people aren't going to, at least what we notice as much, they're not going to manually go through their house input type things in uh, what we would probably end up doing is integrating either with our own tech or tech that's already out there and been built where you can just walk around with your camera, you know, and it says, Hey, get a little closer to this, get a little closer to that because not only would you be estimating values, you'd be pulling it from, you know, from online, from big databases and, and getting really accurate numbers. But two, if you're getting things like serial numbers on the water heaters, on the furnaces, you can now run uh, a lot more data and then ping that client. Hey, you know, this water heater has a lifespan of typically 12 years. You're at 11, you know, and then the carrier might want to say, hey, we're going to send you a water sensor or something like that. Uh, so making it really easy and pinging the client and just say, hey, let's just walk around with that camera. But, you know, kind of is a broader yeah. story to, to what you said, David, is that how is any technology or how is any insurance agency going to implement any of these cool technologies, whether it is home inventory, uh, home security, pet insurance, um, text messaging their clients? How are they going to integrate any of that if they're only using an AMS system and they haven't even jumped to the CRM yet? You know, so. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because that technology, I mean, that to me, that would be that would be the finishing move right there, yeah. right? You get that kind of technology. You're going to get people that are able to go through and, and take pictures of things or whatever else much easier than take a picture, give a description, provide what yeah. you think it's worth, whatever. Yeah. Amazon has that technology to a certain degree right now, maybe not on the valuation side, but if I see something, I have the ability to take a picture of a book cover and the and and do that inside of Amazon, and it's going to take me to the listing for that book. Exactly. And so when we look to integrate technologies like that, we really try to look three years down the road, not where it was two years prior. And so if we can integrate something like what Sean's saying, which there's a company here in Denver and InsureTech that's doing some really cool stuff with property inspections uh, digitally. You know, we see an opportunity to kind of encompass a lot of those different functionalities in one fell swoop. So that's really what we're looking to do. We try to be very eloquent in the way we add features. So, yeah, between the ability to use use drones and other things yep. to get um, mapping on properties in conjunction with the data scraping that you can do just from public domain to get, you know, when permits have been pulled or additions have yep. been put on. Or, I mean, look, you guys know all this yeah. stuff. I mean, it's just. It's it's crazy and exciting at the same time to think about where we're going to be. Yeah, five years from yeah, now really is a whole different world already. Yeah, right? one of the most important things that that we bring up in our meetings is that these technologies, like you just said, even weather and drones and what you can do with the data is amazing. But if you don't have the end users' eyeballs, you know it's a waste. If you're not going to get them to use it, and that's where we're looking at going. Okay, our uh, you know secret sauce, I guess it's not so secret anymore, is is how we roll out and how we onboard clients and the fact that we're able to get such high adoption. Again, after four to six weeks, um, we're getting a good adoption. And that's not even to take into account the agency using the technology um, effectively for a year or two years is that that's the most important thing is, is getting the client, the end user to use something. And then once that's, you know, once that's happened, you know, you can start adding in feature here, feature there, 
And again, to Ryan's point, where, where are they going to go? You know, Listen, we've got the technology right now. If I were to develop an app, I'm giving you guys my multi-billion dollar idea. Wait, let me write this down. I have a pen? You probably already thought of it last year. But anyhow, I look at it this way. You have an app like Glovebox. You have all of the GPS capabilities of your phone. You have all of these weather-related apps. I'm in Florida, right? Or I'm in California where they're having wildfire issues, but predictable patterns of where these things can go. I don't think we're that far removed from a time where we have an app like Glovebox that get, that knows that a hurricane's coming or knows that a tornado is coming and sends alerts out to all of the policyholders that are in that area that use that application. And if it's ground zero for a hurricane or they, they know it's inevitable that the tornadoes are going to hit and there's going to be damage, could immediately, boom, we booked a hotel room for you in jo- South Georgia, you know, however many miles away. We've also Venmoed you $500 from, you know, to get you started and have some money to get food and things for your carrier, your, your, your kids and all of this stuff. And so instead of it being an issue where it's an insurance issue, you really, um, Taking it to a whole different level, man. Thing at that point, yeah. like you're being a you're being a, a person. You're not being a tech at that point. And mm-hmm. yeah, I would challenge the industry right now, and I have been, we have been. We I want to challenge the industry to stop talking about customer experience and actually make moves to enhance the customer experience. Because at the end of the day, that's what we see last on the 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 pecking order with, with uh, uh, things that, that uh, you know, organizations inside the industry are, are uh, looking at, at helping. So I would just challenge people to really act on some of these customer experience initiatives uh, and stop talking about it. So I agree. Well, listen, that's a good note to end on, guys. We went for about an hour flat. We appreciate having you on. It was good to hear your story. Definitely. As is always the case, I'm sure you're going to hear from people to so tell them where to find you. I know that they can't find everybody on LinkedIn. Quarantine, <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn quarantine. <laughs> yeah, we can go to our website, uh, gloveboxapp.com. Uh, that's the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, we've got a chat bot there. You can request a demo. Um, you know, and we would certainly love to talk to you and show you the value of Glovebox and uh, where we're going because we are changing the independent channel. It's not going to be the same. So I, I firmly believe that. And listen, people, if you had a come to Jesus moment during this podcast, and you decided it's time for you to dip your toe in the technology pool. These are the guys to help you do it. Tell them where you heard it and tell them how they can help you. They told you how to find them. Guys, thanks so much for being on. Everybody else. See ya. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. <laughs>